Hey everyone, this is AM Reviews. I'm Adrian. I'm Muhammad. This is a podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, and all things superheroes. Be sure to check us out on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, which will all be linked in the description of the podcast. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody, to AM Reviews. It's Muhammad and Adrian. And we're here to review the film Judas and the Black Messiah. And this film stars Daniel Kaluuya as Fred Hampton, Lakeith Stanfield as William O'Neill, uh, Dominic Fishback as what is her character's name? It's Deborah something. <laughs> She's huh? Deborah Johnson. Deborah Johnson. Yes, that's the name. Uh, Jesse Plemons as Roy Mitchell. And there's a lot of other characters in here that deals with the Black Panther Party. Martin Sheen as J. Edgar Hoover, um, the president. And um, yeah, just a lot of other characters. But Judas and the Black Messiah tells the story of a FBI informant named William O'Neill, who is uh, trying to infiltrate the Black Panther Party and give more information to the FBI. Um, but the leader of this uh, of the Black Panther Party, Fred Hampton, he's trying to create a change in the black community and um, empower everybody to come together. But what did you get from Judas and the Black Messiah? Yeah, I think um, Judas and the Black Messiah was, I think was a really interesting take on a story instead of going the traditional documentary route, um, having the story being told from the perspective of uh, William O'Neill, the um, kind of the the implanted bug from the FBI, um, I thought it was a really interesting take. Usually you get the, you know, the protagonist's point of view, in this case, Fred Hampton. Um, but uh, seeing it from, from William's point of view is very interesting um, in, in telling the story. I think um, it was good because it's necessary to understand the different sides and facets to these things in history. Uh, and, and this is a story that I wasn't as familiar with. So I think, I think Lakeith Stanfield did a, did a great job Daniel Kaluuya as usual. Um, so it was, yeah, pretty interesting watch. I definitely have to agree. Very interesting watch. Um, Dan Kaluuya, definitely great actor. Um, put a lot of heart and energy into this one playing Fred Hampton. I don't really know the story that well, or at least I didn't before this film um, with Fred Hampton. Um, and he was actually pretty young. I mean, 21. He was to 21 be when he died. Yeah. Oh, well, spoilers. Well, if you don't know the story. Yes. <laughs> Too bad. Um, but yeah, tw <laughs> 21. That is very young. And to be just doing all of this stuff that he does throughout this film. Yeah. And but, but Keith Stanfield's character is very interesting. I think he's a very polarizing character um, because in a way you don't want to root for him and then you kind of do based on some things that happen to him. Um, but it's, I, I think he's a very polarizing character. Uh, Jesse Plemons, he is the FBI agent that, you know, he's kind of like the uh, the guy that Lakeith Stanfield goes to each time that he wants him to do something. 
Um, but man, I th this was a, a really good movie that was sometimes hard to watch, but it was necessary. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think they all played it really well. Even I think uh, Jesse Plemons' character, Roy Mitchell. I mean, I don't know how true to life that is or how dramatized dramatized it was, but I think even his character was pretty compelling. I think he represents, I think, this uh, quiet majority in the middle of politics at this time, and you could argue today as well, um, who kind of don't, it's kind of the colorblind philosophy, I think, that he was kind of living by, equating the Black Panther Party to the KKK, um, saying they're one and the same. They won't, They both want to stir up violence and cause problems for us all. Um, and he, you know, saying that on a service level and not really internalizing it and understanding the struggles, gripes, reasons for both groups a little deeper than, you know, just that one statement. And I think um, that kind of shows, you know, as the story goes on and you meet other characters, his boss, uh, you know, the president and how they uh, talk about, interact with. Um, the black characters in this film versus the way he does. Um, and I feel like he and uh, William O'Neill in this story, at least in this movie, are pretty similar in a way. I think um, Jesse began to... Similar. Well, in, 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 the, in the approach to their characters. I think both of them were not fully aligned with the groups that they were a part of. Of course, way okay. more exaggerated with William O'Neill in Infantry and the Black Panther Party. But I also think Roy Mitchell in this, he was he, his motivations for things were not the same as his bosses. You know, his bosses, they, they could care less if they were killed. Um, if we put an informant in and then kill the informant, they had no problem with that. Um, where he was like, I thought we, there was a there was a goal to this that was more than just killing them or not caring about them. So it's way less exaggerated, but in, in, in that way, I see them similar. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I can see that point. Um, definitely with the president. I mean, he was just all against the black party. He, I mean, black Panther party. Um, he just, he wanted to get rid of them by any means necessary. Right. Um, and I didn't realize much about this story with uh, Fred Hampton because they, they really went after him mm -hmm. um, and the group. Yeah, even though it was the story of many, many leaders. Yeah, um, even though Daniel Kaluuya, uh, Fred Hampton's character, he was really trying to bring people together. I mean, he was out there giving um, free meals to the children in the community and uh, even getting other races of people to come together and, you know, unite. Um, that's why, that, that's why they, I, I think the, um, the title of the movie is called uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, you know, mm -hmm. Fred Hampton as the Messiah and Judas is, uh, Lakeith Stanfield's character because he's the FBI informant. Right. But, um, yeah, I, it's, it's a really interesting film. Um, I'm not sure of what order to really go in with telling the story, but we do see, uh, Lakeith Stanfield at the beginning of the film, he is, now I was kind of confused about his character at first, mm. but he's going to this uh, bar, pulls out his badge, um, saying that he is 
FBI agent or a cop or whatever. And the guys, you know, everybody's like pausing. They're like, oh, okay. And then <laughs> they find out he's not actually a cop or an FBI agent and they start chasing him. He steals the guy's car, but before long, he's stopped by the police. Um, and that's where they kind of, when, when it comes to real life and the, the film, there's a little bit of difference there, but he was still stealing cars at that time. Um, it, it didn't just happen all in just one night. A lot of a lot of forced foreshadowing there, pretending to be something you're not to infiltrate a group, you know. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's a great point. I don't know why I didn't see that. You didn't see that? You weren't <laughs> saying that all along? What? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a really good point. Um, but that's where Lakeith Stanfield's character, William O'Neill, meets Roy Mitchell, which is Jesse Plemons, the actual FBI agent who gives him an offer where if you start to work with us and infiltrate the Black Panther Party, um, you know, in return, we'll get rid of your sentence and give you money while um, trying to infiltrate this party. And on the other hand, um, Jesse Palmer or Jesse Plemons, the FBI will get information through this and I guess he'll get a um, promotion or something. But this is where the story kind of gets shaky um, due to what Lakeith Stanfield has to do. Right. But throughout this film, did you ever feel sorry for him? Um, I did. I think um, he was in a tough spot, right? It's hard whenever you are, you know, in that place of... Um, the power difference, right? Whenever you're you're arrested and um, you're obviously scared and you want the best for you and they're saying, well, we'll offer you a job if you help us out. And he takes that. And honestly, I mean, this happens often in the government. You think about hackers now. Um, you know, there's some hired hackers from the FBI um, and other agencies to try and hack our systems so that they can be better. Um, and often those are you know, ex-cons or potential criminals who they have just gotten in touch with to help fix the problem. So it's a common technique, um, but this one obviously hits close to home as, you know, it's about liberating his people um, and he is turning on them. Um, and I think it had to have been a very complicated um, needle to thread and to do so with integrity. Um, I can imagine the internal conflicts were every day. Um, of knowing that you were ending this thing, but you were taking care of yourself um, and deciding what's more important every day. So I think I, I felt bad for him in the in the position he was put in. Um, it wasn't fair to him. It wasn't necessary from the government. Um, and in many ways, he was also a victim, I think. Oh, yeah, he's definitely a victim here, but he kind of did put himself in the situation by trying to impersonate an FBI agent, somebody with a badge. <laughs> I mean, he did get arrested. That was his fault. Yeah. Um, but, I, I mean, I, I can't blame it all on him. He was just trying to get out. He was mainly just a petty thief that really got mixed into something that he should have never got into. Most definitely. Most definitely. Um, yeah, he was he was played. And I think, at least in this dramatic dramatization of it um 
Roy Mitchell didn't know to the extent at which he was putting his life, um, William O'Neill's life up um, in jeopardy. I don't think he intended that. Um, there's no way to know in real life. I don't know if he was that remorseful, but at least in this film, um, it was clear he didn't know just what he was doing. Yeah, um, because uh, as we go throughout the film, we find out that the FBI doesn't just have William O'Neill as an FBI informant. They also have some other ones, um, like this guy, uh, George Sams in the film. Probably wouldn't recognize his name because they probably never said it. But it was a guy who um, he talked about torturing a traitor within the Black Panther Party. Um, but he was the actual informant for the FBI who killed a, an actual Black Panther Party member. Um, and I think, uh, I mean, they didn't really go into all the details, but the Black Panther Party did have some ways, some some brutal ways of dealing with people who were seen as rats or were actually rats. Right. Um, which is pretty interesting, um, even though for the most part, it looks like they were trying to create a difference in the community for the black community. Um, they were brutal in some ways. Yeah, I, I definitely think, I mean, it was a, you know, a violent approach that they were very okay with. Um, they were fine with providing free lunch to students in need in the community and protecting them with AK 47s outside. Like they, that was, that was their mission. And that was, they, they were, they were at war. Um, and that's how they saw fit to do it. They had their morals and standards. If you went against those, death was a punishment. Yeah. I mean, they were not going to hold back because they had some shootouts within um, with, with the police that happened in the film. Um, and this is where we see a lot of internal struggle with Lakeith Stanfield's character, where um, it's Dominique Thorne. That's the actor's name. But the character is Judy Harmon and one other guy. They're actually defending the turf for um, the Black Panther Party. Um, Fred Hampton, he's already gone to prison. But um, they're defending the turf. And Lakeith Stanfield's character is there also. But he kind of, he, he, he doesn't know exactly what to do because he is not supposed to be there. Well. In a way, he is, but he just kind of goes out the back right. and tells everybody that he's, you know, I'm still fighting, but he kind of just slips out the back while the rest of them kind of go and fight and get hurt and end up getting uh, put into prison. Right. He's trying to avoid it without looking suspicious, which he successfully did. He he completed his mission and he, he got away with it. I think, if anything, the real life story, I can't imagine what that was like. You know, actually watching the people that you become friends with through this lie, watching them die and be arrested while you sneak out of the back and knowing it was all your fault. I can't imagine. Oh, yeah, that's got to be tough. But I'm not sure if that actually happened. I don't I don't think he was actually there. Yeah, I, I'm also not sure in the exact you know history how it was recounted. Um and I'm sure, you know, they conflate things to make the movie go faster. But um, with that almost makes me think it's, I feel worse about it. I mean, 
I don't know how long he endured this or went through with this charade, but I mean, obviously mental health, this, this had a huge impact on his life. Oh yeah. I think it went on for a while. Um, at the end of the film, they do have a, uh, they show that he was working with, um, what do you call it? The, the FBI. He was going through a, uh, kind of like a, it was a documentary. Right. I forgot what they called it. Um, Something to, I don't remember. But they play little bits and pieces in the film. Um, and Lakeith Stanfield, he did an, a reenactment of it. And I mean, it looked pretty similar. At first, I didn't know exactly what it was. But then as you go throughout the film, you realize exactly what it is. Right. Oh, okay. Wait a minute. It says years active from 1967 to 1970s, somewhere in the 70s. Mm. There's no exact date. So I'm guessing at least three to 10 years. So this this guy, he, he was dealing with this stuff for a long time. For years. Um, hmm? Yeah, for years. Well, yeah. Um, and you definitely feel it by the end of the film. At least I did, you know, feeling bad for him when you realize that he committed suicide after that, that documentary. Right. Um, I was like, wow. I mean, that was like, I, I was so surprised. My jaw dropped, like, at the end of Infinity War when everybody started disappearing. Um, <laughs> that's how surprised I was. I was like, wow. Because well, I, I mean, that I... happened often. I mean, I think it um, it makes sense. I mean, again, years of that trauma that um, that he caused, that he was a part of. I mean, the mental manipulation. Um, I would imagine it takes a toll on you. And recounting it and having it be public, I can imagine hurt. I mean, I mean, people probably think of him. I mean, as a traitor. I mean, he went against the causes of his own people and, and caused this death. I mean, I think it's fair to say it probably would have happened another way if he wasn't involved, but this way it was him and um, he couldn't live with that. Yeah. And I actually have to think back. Um, so a lot of this was happening in Chicago where uh, Fred Hampton was, you know, he was trying to create change and trying to bring people together um, within the black Panther party. Um, but you look at Chicago now, how it's basically like this almost war zone, um, you know, really dangerous. <laughs> I mean, one of the worst places to be is in Chicago, or I, from what I hear. According to uh, Chirac, but we all met, you know, <laughs> let's take a salt. <laughs> yeah. You watched that film? I did not watch Chirac. I did not want to see that movie. Okay. Well, I mean, I didn't see it either, but I mean, you hear about stuff in Chicago and it's being like one of the worst places to be um, when it comes to violence. But this is where Fred Hampton was located and was trying to create change and try to bring people together. And I, I just thought, what if he had been able to get through this and still be here today? Would Chicago still be like how it is now? I don't know. I mean, I don't, I think, um, that's a hard question to answer only because, yes, 
his life ended and we don't know what would have happened if it continued. But um, there's so many other factors as well involved in that. I mean, just systematically, the way this city politics in general, the way they work. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, you have many, I mean, you know, a few surviving leaders who are in exile or who have fled to other countries, fled to Cuba, um, who win the Black Panther Party, who um, offer support to issues that are going on right now, but they um, obviously sit on the sidelines and are not heavily involved. Um, I don't know. I wonder. I mean, I, the same way I wonder what things would be like if Martin Luther King was still alive or um, Malcolm X. Who would, who would they be? What role would they play? And how would we see them? Um, I'm not really sure. Yeah, I guess we'll never know. Less if they were still here, I don't know. Would they be just as active, or would they just be regular old people? I don't know. Well, they'd be pretty old, so you know, they can only do so much. I mean, yeah, but I mean, they'd be they'd be around the age of our president, and look at, I mean, so you can be as old as dirt and still. Uh, Still do some stuff, I guess. Well, people are saying like he has dementia and everything. I so. mean, he's not all there. <laughs> but that's all right. He's a placeholder. We just that's all right. He's a figurehead. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's a figurehead. But I mean, hopefully, he's able to to make change, positive change as well. But um, sometimes you got to fight fire with fire, and we had one old guy up there and. Had to put another one up to get him out. So hopefully next time we can uh, break that pattern. But here we are. <laughs> uh, yeah, another four years. Right. You know. We'll see what will happen. But, um, I'll tell you what, his pro- makeup team and photographers, amazing. Because um, you look at him from certain angles, you're like, oh, my God. That man was the president? <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't seen those angles. You need to send those to me. It's 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 rough. They don't they don't they don't publish those pictures. But um, <laughs> let's just say his profile will not be on the side of a dollar bill one day. <laughs> He'll take the picture from face forward. They have to. <laughs> yeah, um, but we did talk about Lakeith Stanfield and William O'Neill. He is basically, I would say, the main character. Um, because the story is revolving around him. But the the biggest person in this film is Fred Hampton, Daniel Kaluuya's character. Um, I think he did absolutely amazing in, in the film. Um, but to be 21 and to be leading all of these rallies and um, the change in the community in Chicago, I mean, I couldn't even imagine at that age. Yeah, that's what made me do that right now. The fact that he's 21, like, oh my gosh. So, yeah, so he was doing this stuff even before then. Mm-hmm. I, I can't even do that right now. I'm talking about 21. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the difference that he was making, um, putting his life on the line, I mean, because, I mean, the, the way that he was preaching stuff, it was like he was laying down everything, you know, uh, he was willing to die for the cause. Yeah, um, definitely. And then his uh, significant other, Deborah Johnson, she was doing the same thing. Um, 
putting her life on the line, you know, just being with him because he was a huge target for the FBI. Um, I think she played a pretty good character, Dominique Fishback um, from Project Power. I think that's the only thing I've seen her in. I'm not sure if she's been in anything else. Um, I think she has a few things under her belt, not too popular. Um, the Hate You Give, she was in that one. Um, um, let's see. Knights Come On, The Deuce, a bunch of other stuff I've never seen. She's she got some stuff out there. Not much. She is, she is 29, and she played a teenager in Project Power. Really? Older than me. <laughs> I tell you, Hollywood something else. Wait, yeah. that was her. Wait, wait a minute. What character was she? What she? She was in high school. Hold on. She's wow. older than both of us. Wow. I was like, "What are you talking about?" And probably, wow. That is, uh, wow. I guess baby face. I guess I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't say she looked like she was what fourteen in the film, but maybe it's they really played into her height in Project Power. I feel like. Oh yeah, I think the height threw me off a little bit. <laughs> but I wouldn't think that she was twenty nine though. No. But she did uh, wonderful in the film. Um, yeah, great job. Definitely a, a different character than what she did in um, Project Power. You know that rapper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but you know, wonderful job. Uh, Martin Sheen's character as the president. You really kind of hate him the way the way that he's just so so that the hate is so strong for the Black Panther Party. Well, yeah, I mean, it's 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 very interesting as you think about historical figures. You often only know them for the things they were good at and the reasons they memorialized. But, I mean, he was a man of his time, and he was obviously voted to be president, so he's pretty popular. So he had some uh, views of a lot of people in the country, and they weren't the best. Um, not saying that we have to you know, go back and criticize all the former presidents and leaders, but um, I think it's important to... What's that? I said they all have faults. Exactly, they all had faults. So it's 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 good to acknowledge those things and see them in context as well. Yeah, and I remember seeing Lil Lil Rel Howry in the casting, but it's just a cameo for him. <laughs> He's barely in the film. That is true. But you know, it's a, it's a different take for him. He, he's not saying any jokes. Right. Right, play a more serious role. It's just good. I think the part that he had, I almost wish he was in it for a little longer. Um, but I think it was nice to have him in a film again um, with Daniel Kaluuya. But good for what it was. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know if you've watched um, any interviews, but Daniel Kaluuya, Lakeith Stanfield, and Lil Rel Howery, I think have been in three movies together, which is Get Out, this film, and there was another one. Or maybe it wasn't Daniel Kaluuya included, but Lakeith Stanfield, Laurel Howery, they were in the photograph. Oh, uh, yeah. 
But they were all in Get Out, though. Right, right. Were there any missteps for you in the film? Um, I don't, I don't think so. I think it was, it was all put together very well. It told a cohesive story. I didn't feel like anything was really missing. Um, things were happening. I didn't feel like we spent too long on any given topic or scenario. Um, the supporting actors in the film did an awesome job. Uh, the other Black Panther groups, the other small groups that were fighting for change. That was nice to see. The Rainbow Coalition was um, an interesting point to see. Um, yeah, I didn't have many drawbacks. For me, some, some of it felt a little predictable, but I guess, I mean, it, it is history. I, so, you know, to a certain extent, it's it's already been done anyway. So, of course, it's not going to be a surprise. But um, it was... Yeah, it was really solid. I couldn't find many things um, to really critique. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, I think it's often hard to tell the story of somebody's life all in one film or in two hours. But I think this film did a really good job of telling the story of William O'Neill from his perspective and um, Fred Hampton. Um, Because it's hard to put in all of this stuff that happens into just a couple of hours. And I think they did that very well. Um, But I would say that with uh, a couple of the things that happened in the film with uh, Lakeith Stanfield and uh, uh, Jesse Plemons as Roy Mitchell, the FBI agent, it kind of seemed like it was going in a cycle, like nothing was really happening. Or some of the same things were happening. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, well, okay, we've kind of seen this. They were kind of going back and forth doing the same things. But other than that, there wasn't really much that I could say was wrong with the film. I I agree. I agree. Um, they did justice to the story. I feel like they didn't really skip much that was important, but somehow made it all in the same, a good timeline. Good. Yeah, yeah, it's a really well-made film. Um, you know, possibly could be getting some awards, or maybe that that will be for next year. I think. Right, right, right. I mean, this is coming out um, early twenty twenty-one. Um, HBO Max. Uh, the beginning of this. Well, I guess not beginning, but um, a part of this new streaming movie experience um and it's fine this is one i guess i don't feel bad for not seeing it in the theater honestly i mean after that experience wouldn't add much to this film um so it was okay being online but um i definitely do wish and i, I guess they were it was released in person some places where were they open <laughs> right, right wherever they're actually open um they did show this in theaters but Obviously, leaning heavy on um, leaning heavy on the streaming services. Yeah, and I think that's that's what's going to happen a lot this year. Um, I think even Disney they're doing that thing yeah. with uh, is it Ray and the something dragon? I think Ray and the Raya and the Last Dragon, and I think it's a paid. Okay. It's like Mulan, I think. Yeah, I think 
it's like premiere access, whatever that is. Right. Um, so you get to see it the first month, probably. <laughs> yeah, I think they see they failed with Mulan, so they're going to try different things. And I'm guessing they're going to do the same thing with um, Black Widow and Shang-Chi and um, the Eternals. If I have to, I'll definitely, you know, strap a mask on and go out because I'm, I'm not about this um, watching everything as it comes on, on the television. I, I need my movie experience. I need my reclining seats. Um, I need the smell of popcorn and a little bit of sweat. Um, that is sweat. a movie. <laughs> Where's the sweat come from? I don't know. I feel like it's always a little sweaty in movie theaters. It smells a little sweaty. Um, there's a little bit like yeah. a, like a, like a foot locker, you know, smells like they, they do a little fresh smell, too yeah. fresh smell. Well, fresh, but also like they sprayed this cause it wasn't fresh. Like <laughs> something happened before you came here. Fresh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but they are trying to clean it. And I appreciate that. Um, maybe you shouldn't I, sit, sit in that chair. Right. Maybe, you know, slide to the next one. Um, I missed that whole experience. I missed that whole thing. Yeah, I, I, I do miss it, but it's really convenient at home. <laughs> it is convenient, but I like the event. I like the trip. I like the experience of it all. I miss walking around the mall, getting a um, a milkshake or something, and then going to the theater. This is back in Myrtle Beach, but um, definitely you're not there anymore. Not there anymore. <laughs> You probably won't have the same experience in your current movie theater. Oh, not at all. Not at all. Not in the slightest. I would say that, yes, I do miss the movie theater, but most of the films that I've watched since then aren't these bigger blockbuster films that, you know, need to be seen on the big screen. Um, Because they're holding them. They're holding them back. I'm glad they are. Except except, um, Godzilla versus Kong. Right. I mean, that's a that's a film that you probably want to see in the movie theater because yeah. it's a big, huge monsters, you know, fighting each other. Um, and I really want to see that. Uh, and a few other ones. I'm not sure what's what else is coming out as far as blockbusters. But these smaller films, I really don't mind seeing those at home. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're right. I probably in, in a normal, normal world, not all of these I would have seen in person. I'm not sure if I would have necessarily wanted to see this one in person, but um, the option. I missed the option. I mean, you can go out there and this drive two, yeah. three hours to your nearest movie theater yeah. that's actually open. Looks like the nearest one for me is in Tennessee somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Not even where I am? That's not... Because I, I think they have a few open here. Well, so... Parts of Tennessee are actually much closer than South Carolina for, wow. where, for where I am. Okay. Yeah, if you drive like 30, 30, 40 minutes, you'll be in Tennessee. You, I mean, you're in, you're in like the woods, but, but you'll be in Tennessee. Wow. Okay. Well, um, let, let's get back to this film, um, Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, any final thoughts before we give it a rating? No, I think I think they both did an excellent job. Um, before reviewing this, I read an article about Charlemagne the God and his comments about Lakeith Daniels. Um, wow, did I just mess up his last name? Um, Stanfield. 
Yeah, I said Staniels. Like, what is that? Um, <laughs> Lakeith Sandfield's performance. And, um, you know, he is interviewing with Daniel Kalua, and he said, you know, what do you feel like he was uh, too good for this role? Like, he was too prepared. And, you know, Daniel shut that down. Apparently, there's a little bit of beef between Charlemagne and, uh, and um, Lakeith for some reason, but happy to see Daniel shut that down. Not about the gossip. So oh, yeah. It said uh, that it was hard for Lakeith to play the role some days. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Um, I saw where they said that he had to have therapy after playing the character because, you know, the character goes through so much. Wow. Um, I mean, you just have to think what the actual guy went through that whole time holding that stuff in. Right. Um, but I did see some of the comments with Charlemagne. I mean, why are you even asking that question? Are you actually trying to say that this guy is actually that way? Lakeith right. Sanfield? Right. Just because he played a great job in Sorry to Bother You doesn't mean that this guy <laughs> has some secret <laughs> agenda. Yeah. Um, and I, I saw them going back and forth. He was calling him a hoe and everything. But, <laughs> I mean, Charlemagne, come on, man. You got to do better. Um you know, maybe he might uh, feature us on the show, give us a donkey of the day or something. I don't know. <laughs> to amateur YouTube artists, the little podcast, talk when they know anything. Donkey of the day. That would make my day. <laughs> yeah. Give us some, some attention. I mean, he's from South Carolina, I think. Got to chase that clout. Yeah, he's from Monk's Corner, Charleston, South Carolina. I know somebody who's related to him. Oh. Or... Of some relation. Right. You know, his second, third cousin, but, you know, <laughs> he didn't know them, but <laughs> but they know him. Yeah, something like that. Um, but let's go ahead and give this a rating. So the lowest rating is trash, middle is background noise, and the highest is a banger. So how would you rate the film Judas and the Black Messiah? I would rate this one as high background noise. I think... <laughs> Listen, now, that, I was drinking water when you said that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitating to call it a banger, only because at a certain level, it, it is, it does feel like a documentary, to an extent, and in, it was background noise for me at some parts because there was some dialogue that I really didn't care about because it didn't advance the story. It was just further character development, but I was already there. So I was like, eh, make so much. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I <laughs> sandwich. What are we watching? Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? What? <laughs> you know how I feel about that one. But I can see exactly what you're saying there are some of those slower moments that, you know, you don't exactly have to see, but it does add, add depth to the characters. Um, but I'm going to go with a little banger. Um, okay. I think, I think it's a very well-made film. Um, this is a film that I think a lot of people need to see because of, I think mostly this is an unknown story. So I, I feel like a lot, of, a lot of people should see this film just for that. Um, Cause I didn't really know that much about it. Um, but it, I, I think it's a pretty well-made film. I, I just feel like some of the same stuff starts happening over and over again, where mm -hmm. you're just like, okay, wh when are we going to kind of get to the end of this? 
or move on to the next thing. Right. We um, got it. He's he's betraying them and he's doing a good job. Yeah, it's kind of going back and forth with that a lot. Um, and it's some of the same stuff. But for the most part, I feel like they did a really good job with the film. Um, excellent direction, excellent acting. Um, and it's a low banger for me. Right. And always, Dane Lewis' accents are always impressive. Um, I mean, he's he just transforms into every role, which is just awesome. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is amazing. I think out of all the characters that I've seen him play, he's never using his actual voice. No. And all the things I've seen him in, it's always a different voice. And it's yeah. good, though. Yeah, it's really good. Um, he's a really great actor. But any other thoughts about Judas and the Black Messiah? Uh, no, I think I think I'm good. I think it started well. It, it ended well. Uh, it was very informative, and it was an interesting piece of history to look back on. Yeah, very interesting. I would say definitely go and watch it if you can somehow. This is this is on HBO Max and in whatever movie theater is open. Right. Um. <laughs> so definitely watch it somehow but that does it for us at a reviews thank you everybody for listening make sure to check out our other platforms including youtube instagram and twitter which will all be linked in the description and also send us a message in our podcast to get featured on the show and thanks for listening